Welcome to the Word of Life Bible Study Podcast, a work of the Southwest Church of Christ in Austin, Texas. We invite you to open your Bibles and follow along with us as we study God's Word together. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Word of Life Bible Study Podcast, a work of the Southwest Church of Christ in Austin, Texas. My name is Cody Westbrook. I'm the preacher for the Southwest Congregation, and I'll be your host for our Bible study today. How do I know that I'm right with God? How can I be sure that if my life ended today, or if the Lord returned today, that I could hear, well done, good and faithful servant? How can I lay my head down at night and go to sleep without feeling anxious or wondering about my standing in the sight of God? These are questions that we ask ourselves maybe more regularly than we would like. You know, we live a life in this world, and I think that you would probably agree that there are many questions in this life. There are many unknowns, and some of those questions, some of those unknowns, if not many or most of them, they tend to cause us a great deal of stress and anxiety if we allow ourselves to dwell upon them. But as it pertains to our relationship with God— As it pertains to what we can know about how we stand in His sight, I am convinced that what the Bible tells us is that we don't have to wonder about that. We don't have to be anxious about that. We don't have to stress about that. And God does not want us as Christians living an existence in which every day we are constantly worried or concerned about where we stand in the sight of our God. He doesn't want us to be constantly worried or concerned about whether or not we are right or whether or not we would be able to hear, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, if our life were to end at any moment. Instead, God wants us to be confident. Our God wants us to have faith. Our God wants us to be able to lay our heads down on our pillows at night without any anxiety or without any worry but rather to be full of faith and full of confidence that we are right in the sight of a loving God who cares for us and who looks after us and looks after our well-being. We're going to begin today a study of the book of 1 John, and this book I've simply titled, That You May Know. And the reason why is because though John will deal with a number of things, particularly does he deal with a false doctrine that existed in the ancient world called Gnosticism, which we'll talk about at a later time, the main idea or the primary emphasis of this book is knowledge. The primary emphasis of this book is confidence. In fact, the word know or some derivative of that word appears some 38 times in this short book. And so there are some things that God wants us to know. First of all, there are some things that God wants us to know about Him. Notice one point from every chapter that tells us something about God. First of all, in chapter 1, John tells us that God is light. God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. 1 John chapter 1 and verse number 5. In chapter 2, God has come. 
He tells us, My little children, I write unto you that you sin not, but if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. He will go on and talk to us about how Jesus came into the world to save the world. God has come. Chapter 3, God is our Father. Chapter 3, verse 1, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, than that we should be called the sons or the children of God. Chapter 4, God is love. And chapter 5, God is life. These are some things that God wants us to know about Him, that He's light, that He has come in the person of Jesus Christ, that He is our Father, that He is love, and that He is light. For the rest of our time on this episode, as we introduce and overview the book of 1 John, I want us to focus upon some passages that tell us why John wrote this book, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to notice that there are three. First, look at 1 John chapter 1, verse 4. John says, And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. Then look at 1 John 2 and verse 1. My little children, these things write I unto you, that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Third, look at 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13. These things I have written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. Of God. Now, I want you to look at these three passages, but I want us to look at them uh, going backwards and look at the picture that they paint. First of all, in 1 John 5, 13, John says, I have written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know. First of all, who are those who believe on the name of the Son of God? Well, John will tell us as he develops this point in the five chapters of this book, that those who believe on the name of the Son of God are those who believe that Jesus has come in the flesh, as the Bible claims, that He died on the cross for our sins, that He arose from the grave and ascended into heaven, and because of that belief, we have obeyed the gospel. We have repented of our sins. We have confessed our faith. We have been immersed in water for the forgiveness of our sins. We are New Testament Christians who are walking in the light, 1 John chapter 1. Those are those who believe on the name of the Son of God, faithful New Testament Christians. And he says, here's what, here's what you can do as a New Testament Christian, you can know. And again, John uses the word know or knowledge many times in this book, almost 40 times in this book. And when he uses the word know, he is not talking about something uh, with which we can have just a limited amount of knowledge or a limited amount of assurance. He's some, talking about something that we can know beyond any shadow of doubt. There is an absoluteness, if you will, in this word. These things I have written so that you may know what? So that you may know that you have eternal life. Remember how we started, those questions that we ask. Am I right with God? If my life ended now, or if the Lord returned right now, would I be able to hear, well done, good and faithful servant? If I died now, would I go to heaven? John says, I've written this book so that you can know without any doubt at all 
that the answer to that question is yes, that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. That's 1 John 5, verse 13. Now, go backward to 1 John 2 and verse number 1. How can we know that we have eternal life? Look at 1 John 2, verse 1. My little children, these things write I unto you, that you sin not. Now, this isn't the last time that John will say anything about sin and the children of God in the book of 1 John. In fact, what you'll notice as you study through this book is that there are a handful of topics that John will sort of revisit several times throughout the book, and sinning is one of those, one of those topics. Now, what does John mean when he says, I write unto you that you sin not? Well, he's not talking about living an absolute perfect life that is free from sin. How do we know that? Well, because if we look backward in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 and following, we learn about walking in the light. John says, if we walk in the light, 1 John 1, verse 7, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So in 1 John 1, 7 through 10, John says, Look, being a faithful child of God means walking in the light. That's a lifestyle. It's ongoing action. We'll talk more about that in another couple of episodes, Lord willing. But he says, look, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. What does that mean? That means that there's not a person among us, even, even among Christians, who can say, I am perfect and I never commit a sin. But rather, the way God has designed things, if we're walking in the light, if we are doing the best we can to serve God and to be more like Him and like His Son every day, then he says, we have, we have the ability to confess our sin to God and He will forgive us of our sin. That's the blessing of walking in the light. We sometimes call that the second law of pardon. You see, God knows that there's not a person among us who's going to be absolutely perfect because we're all human beings. And so, therefore, He has designed Christianity, if you will, in a way in which those who are striving to live faithful lives uh, of service unto God, those who are walking in the light, can have this confidence, can have this knowledge that they can confess their sin when it's committed and that that sin will be forgiven. All right, so back to 1 John 2, verse number 1. My little children, I write unto you that you sin not. Not that you be sinlessly perfect, because God knows that that's not going to happen, but rather this, and pay close attention, that your goal is to be sinless, that you avoid a lifestyle of sin, that you try every day not to sin. However, if you do sin, he says... We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. The word advocate literally refers to a <clears throat> excuse me, a defense attorney. And the idea is that, that Jesus Christ, our Savior, is in the courtroom of heaven and he is defending us. He is pleading our case. So again, 1 John 1, verse 7 and following, we need to walk in the light. 
And walking in the light means trying to be more like God. It means doing every can, everything we can to avoid sin. And that's the purpose, John says, 1 John 2, verse 1, I write unto you that you sin not, so that you do not live in sin, so that you avoid sin, so that you every day try harder to be better than the day before. However, when you fall, when you make a mistake, when you transgress, when you commit a sin, understand this, that we have a defense attorney in heaven who pleads our case. 1 John chapter 5, what did John say? These things we write unto you that you may know that you have eternal life. How can we know that we have eternal life? We can know that because, 1 John 2 verse number 1, we are striving to live a faithful life, and in so doing we know that we have a defense attorney who argues, who argues for us and who defends us. We know that if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well, look now at 1 John 1 verse 4. And these things we write unto you that your joy may be full. You see, joy comes as a result of knowledge. My little children, I write these things unto you so that you may know that you have eternal life. How can I know that I have eternal life? Because I'm sinning not, because I'm not living a lifestyle of sin. Rather, I'm striving to walk in the light. And so therefore, I have fellowship with God, and I have fellowship with God's people. And the knowledge of this results in joy. 1 John chapter 1 and verse number 4. And not just a little bit of joy. Not just slight joy, not even joy that is here sometimes and not here at other times. No, he says joy that is full, literally joy that is overflowing. That's the idea of the passage. So why did John write this book? So that you may know. So that you may know what? So that you may know that you have eternal life. Because you are not living a life of sin, but rather you are striving to walk in the light, and that then results in joy. Now, I want you to look with me briefly at what John says in the first four verses of chapter 1. As John introduces this book, he says, "...that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life." For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and which was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that we may also have fe- that you may also rather have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write unto you, that your joy may be full. Notice, first of all, that John describes the reality of the incarnation of Jesus Christ. That which was from the beginning. Who is that? Well, that's in reference to Jesus. Go read John 1, verse 1 and 2. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He will go on and tell us that the Word which existed in the beginning became flesh and dwelt among us. The God-man, if you will. John 1 and verse 18. That which was from the beginning, notice, which we have heard and which we have seen with our eyes and which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. 
John says, we are writing to you, I am writing to you about Jesus Christ. Not Jesus Christ who didn't come in the flesh, but rather Jesus Christ who did come in the flesh. How do we know that he came in the flesh? Because we, we heard him with our ears. We listened to him. We saw him with our eyes. We, we laid our eyes upon him. And the, the grammar of the verbs that John uses here, it's grammar that indicates something that happened in the past with results that continue on into the present which we have looked upon and our hands have handled. We've seen him and we've touched him. We've beheld him, if you will. We know that he came. And then he gives us a parenthetical statement in verse number 2, For the life was manifested, and we've seen it, and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and manifested unto us. And then verse 3, he says, That which we've seen and heard, we declare unto you so that you can have fellowship with us And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Here's the point that I want to leave you with on this episode. Why did John write? He wrote, so that you may know that you have eternal life. You know that you have eternal life because you don't live in sin, uh, chapter 2, verse 1. And the result of that is joy, chapter 1, verse number 4. And what makes all of that possible? The fact that Jesus came the fact that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us and died for us, and that fact makes fellowship with Him and with His people possible. 1 John chapter 1, verse 1, 2, and 3. More about that, Lord willing, on our next study together. That's the end of our study for this episode. Thank you for listening. We would encourage you to invite your friends and your Brethren, perhaps those in your congregation, let them know about the Word of Life Bible Study Podcast. And uh, be sure and check out our website, www.swcofc.org, where you can find sermons and articles and other materials that will perhaps help you in your desire to know more about God through His Word. Thank you again for listening to this episode, and we hope that you'll be back with us again as we open up God's Word and study more of the wonderful Word of Life. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Word of Life Bible Study Podcast. Please visit our website at swcofc.org for more information about the Southwest Church of Christ. And if you're in the Austin area, please come and visit with us. Thank you for listening, and please join us again as we open up our Bibles and study more of the wonderful Word of Life.